The opinions voiced in this program are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, and financial advisor or tax advisor prior to investing. Investment advice offered through Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management, a registered investment advisor. Welcome to the Financial Focus Radio Show with your hosts, Tyler Simonis and Josh Finelli. Join us as we discuss markets, bring transparency to issues within the financial services industry, and bring honest, thoughtful analysis every week. Good morning, everybody out there in Radioland. Welcome to Financial Focus Radio. Thank you for joining us. My name is Tyler Simonis. That guy over there, he's Josh Finelli, and we're partners at Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management here in the great Pacific Northwest, we appreciate you spending some of your weekend with us. Uh, we're both back together. We had a couple-week hiatus. It was supposed to be only one week, but uh, I had a little bit of difficulty uh, returning on, from my trip, and then I got quite ill, And so, uh, but I'm slowly on the mend. So pr appreciate you, uh, like I said, listening to our show this weekend. If you have a question or a comment for us, you can always call us, 877-670-7117. Or you can email us by going to our website, northwestquadrantwealth.com. Josh, I will say, in my absence, did a phenomenal job <laughs> keeping the market levitating. So well done, Mr. Finelli. I appreciate, uh, and so do our clients and all our listeners, your efforts to keep the markets levitating. Can't say I didn't predict it. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. We're in the short-term <laughs> prediction game now. Okay. I can't wait to tell you to tell me what's going to happen in the next two weeks. All right. Let's talk about the week that was in the capital markets. Uh, it, is, it, it is confounding, to say the least, to see what's going on in risk assets but again the market this is this, what has happened so far in 2023 is another wonderful example of how hard it is to try to time markets whether it's the housing market or the stock market or whatever market you're we're talking about u.s stocks as measured by the s p 500 were up three quarters of a percent and are having uh one of the best starts to the year ever if you can believe that uh in the international developed market world Stocks were actually down three quarters of a percent. The emerging markets were up three quarters of one percent. Uh, U.S. small cap stocks uh, traded fractionally lower. They're down about a quarter of a percent. Uh, in the bond market, we saw yields go materially higher, and that meant bond prices went lower. So if you want a bond fund, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, if you own individual bonds, you don't care. Uh, the aggregate bond index traded down uh, 1%. So that's the S&P 500 of the bond world. Uh, that traded down 1%. Uh, from a price perspective, because interest rates moved higher. There's an inverse relationship between uh, the price of a bond and, it, and interest rates. Uh, six month, the yield on a six-month treasury is 5.5%. You heard me right. Uh, One-year treasury is 54 And now the 10-year treasury is back above 4%. It's 4.05%. So I would think that some of these yields, uh, especially when you're going out the, the curve, would start to be a headwind for stocks. But doesn't doesn't seem to matter and um josh has had a pretty good theory as to why that is and maybe i'll start to buy into it but he's gonna have to convince me a little bit further uh gold was up about a half a percent last week 1932 an ounce and oil traded pretty sharply higher oil was up five percent last week at 73 dollars 84 cents a barrel so the big news last week in the economy was the news out of the labor market uh we got two reports last week uh, on the labor market. One was from the payroll company ADP, showing that the economy added essentially 500,000 jobs, which how they calculate things is a little different than the Bureau of Labor Statistics, which is the one that really matters and the one the Fed cares about. Uh, but the Bureau of Labor Statistics um, jobs number said the economy added 209,000 jobs, which is a big difference, obviously, between 500,000 and 209,000. Well, the, the big worry was that the BLS number would look like the ADP number, and it would do, and it would derail hopes that the Fed is anywhere near uh, the end of raising rates. But I think we got what you might want to call a Goldilocks number there. Not too hot, not too cold. Well, yeah, I mean, and the unemployment rate dipped from 3.7 to 3.6 percent. So, to me, you know, when you say not too hot, not too cold, to me, 
I mean, we're past full employment. We're more than fully employed in the United States. Uh, you know, most economic textbooks would tell you 4% or 4.4% is full employment in the U.S., and we're at 3.6%. So uh, the one thing that's very clear is the labor market is on fire and is a juggernaut. And it's crazy to me um, to think, uh, you know, I, I would have never predicted the labor market would be this strong uh, this far into the economic cycle, especially after the Federal Reserve has raised rates as much as they have. Um, it, it is near impossible for me to imagine the U.S. economy going into recession with a 3.6% unemployment rate. The labor market would have to take a very dramatic turn, at least in my mind, for the U.S. economy to go into well, a, a we significant got, recession. We got the jolts, the job opening and labor turnover survey this week, too, and uh, the number of available jobs per unemployed person has ticked down a bit, but it's still at 1.6. And I don't even think that's an, you know, I don't think it's an accurate representation. I think there's more jobs available than jolts would actually lead you to believe. And so that being the case, really tough. Yeah, I mean, I would say the one thing that is remains, I mean, the one thing that is abundantly clear is the U.S. economy remains way stronger um, than any I think would have been predicted by now. And it just there's just no getting around the fact that the economy is really strong right now, especially when you look in the services sector or the travel sector. I mean, the demand there is off the charts. Uh, you know, we get a lot of uh, economic indicators every, every single week, and a lot of the economic indicators in the leading economic indicator index are all moving higher. Uh, and there's just a tremendous amount of bullishness in the underlying economy, when you talk, you know, builders and, and all these different uh, industries, small business owners are bullish. I mean, it's, it's really uh, crazy to see. And, uh, you know, I think next segment we're going to talk about, um, you know, where we started the year versus where we are now. And I'm not turning as bullish as the market is, but, you know, it, I'm starting to say to myself, wait a second, we could skate through this whole situation uh, without a recession. And, and then you have to say, well, where is this strength coming from? <clears throat> and I think Josh is right. The baby boom generation is un the most flush they've ever been from a generational standpoint. Uh, and that is continuing to keep the spending going. And then the wealth effect that gets created from that, right, with stock prices and house prices allows my generation, Josh's generation, the one below his, uh, to spend money. And that's what, you know, when you look at consumer spending, 70% of the U.S. economy, the consumer is still well, out there. And the week you were gone, I highlighted the the Fed's latest labor force participation by age group and uh, over 55 is starting to decline even further than it already was. And, you know, so those workers that left in the wake of COVID aren't coming back. They're, in fact, leaving at a, a faster pace, which gives even more uh, weight to the argument that, you know, it's going to be really tough to actually create unemployment sufficient for a recession. And then when you look at the housing market, I mean, there's another market that is sort of defying the odds. I mean, mortgage rates are the highest they've been in a long, long time, almost 7%, so 6.81% on a 30-year mortgage right now, uh, more than double where they were. Uh, and yet the housing market, I mean, just here in Central Oregon, the Beacon Report came out last week. Uh, for those of you that don't know, that sort of compiles all the data in the Central Oregon housing market. Uh, the median price uh, of a, a single-family home in, in Bend in the month of June, $785,000, the most uh, ever. That's the that's a record. Uh, number of sales are ticking up. So when you look at, um, you know, month of June, number of sales were 172 uh, back in January, there are 84. So, you know, the data is moving in the housing market too, just like in, in the stock market. I mean, the, the hard part for me and the thing that's crazy to me is, you know, interest rates generally have historically had a very material impact on the price of a house, right? I mean, what's more impactful to an asset uh, than interest rates on a house, right? Because it's, it's so many people borrow money to buy a house. Uh, but, you know, it, it, it is sort of confounding and dumbfounding to see moves to see all-time house prices, all-time, you know, record house prices with interest rates doubling, more than doubling on a mortgage. And so when you think about a f the affordability factor of that house, it, it's changed it all dramatically. Now, the same data we're, we're here seeing here in Central Oregon isn't happening the rest of the night. Even if you look in Redmond, house prices actually uh, barely budged at all in the month of June, year over year. And so, and, and then nationally, 
House prices year over year are down 4%. But to, to me, it's just really unbelievable to see how resilient that market has been, along with the U.S. stock market. I mean, it, it sort of is all very confounding and dumbfounding, but it is what it is, and price is, price is truth, I guess, right? Uh, I, I don't know. I, there's definitely some irrational exuberance, I think, and some definitely – I mean, the market's just always front-running what they view to be the ultimate policy response, which is cutting rates. Which is hard for me to imagine. All right. If you want to be part of the program, you have a question for us or a comment, give us a call, 877-670-7117. Or you can always email us if you go to our website, northwestquadrantwealth.com. When we come back, we're going to talk about market predictions and then market timing. So stick around. Get your free one-hour retirement review. Meet with a Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management Investment Advisor today for free. It's our offer to you as a listener to the show. Give us a call today to schedule your portfolio review. 800-743-0988. Again, 800-743-0988. wildfire poses a growing risk to Oregonians. And recent wildfires have provided some important lessons. You can prepare now by taking three important steps. Step one, contact your insurance company to make sure you have the right amounts and types of coverage. Step two, create a home inventory by taking photos or videos of your possessions in each room of your home. Step three, Gather and make copies of important identifying and financial documents. Store them in the cloud or another secure location. These three actions can help you and your community be more resilient in the face of wildfire. Be wildfire ready by being insurance ready. Visit dfr.oregon.gov slash prepare now to learn how. This message brought to you by the Oregon Division of Financial Regulation, the Oregon Association of Broadcasters, and this station. Trex Transcend Lineage Decking from Building Solutions reflects the sun and your sense of style. Designed with heat-mitigating technology, it's literally Trex's coolest decking yet. Stop in on Trex Wednesdays and let your local Trexperts help you plan your new Trex deck. Purchase your new Trex deck on Trex Wednesdays and receive free hidden fasteners, plus free delivery on Friday. Every Wednesday is Trex Wednesday, only at Building Solutions in Bend and BuildingSolutionsBend.com. Trex Lineage and Building Solutions, literally cooler. Here at the Almond Joy Factory, where tropical vibes abound, we use soft, fresh-tasting coconut. The crunchiest almonds and delicious chocolate candy. Ah, but do you know what our most important ingredient is? Sometimes you feel like a nut. Sometimes you don't. Almond Joy's got nuts and something even way better than that. Yes, Almond Joy is made with almonds and Are you paying too much for term life insurance? There's a tremendous price war in the term life industry. Rates have dropped dramatically in the past few years. For example, a man aged 45 non-smoker can get a million dollars of coverage for $75 per month. Level rate for 10 years. Or a man aged 50 non-smoker can obtain $500,000 of coverage for a monthly premium of $110. Level rate for 20 years. That's right. Guaranteed level rate for 20 years. If you're a smoker, we have great rates available for you as well. At Term Busters, we specialize in policies of $500,000 and above. If you're looking for a new or replacement term life insurance, call today for a quote. 800-786-9161. You're probably paying more than you should. Call 1-800-786-9161. Remember, 1-800-786-9161. Sample rate quotes based on preferred non-smoker rate class. Exam required to qualify. Connect to the Financial Focus Radio Show on YouTube or iTunes. Listen to past shows, get our bi-weekly e-news, and keep up to date on the market. You can also sign up for our e-newsletter on our website, northwestquadrantwealth.com. Let's get back to the show. 
Welcome back. Thanks for joining us on Financial Focus Radio. Um, occasionally, I bring this book up uh, every month or so just to remind people that are new to the show or, or hadn't heard about it in the past. But um, there's not the there's no financial literacy taught in schools in this country. I, I, my kids go to Summit High School, and there's one class there that um, there's a woman there that does a fabulous job of teaching some financial literacy. And I know there's some special programs at certain schools around the country, but for the most part. There is no financial literacy taught in high school, public schools in this country. And um, I think that needs to change. I mean, because be, being financially literate, especially from a young age, can have a very material impact on the rest of your life. Uh, just by learning very simple concepts and simple behaviors can have a huge impact on the rest of your life. So there's a book written uh, by a guy named John Lim. Uh, L-I-M is how you spell his name. And the book is called How to Raise Your Child's Financial IQ, The Most Important Things. Uh, it's 64 pages long. It's a really easy read. I recommend it for your kids and grandkids. So again, How to Raise Your Child's Financial IQ, The Most Important Things by John Lim, L-I-M. Uh, you just go on Amazon or wherever you buy your books and, and find it there. Uh, it can be very helpful for, for your kids and grandkids to learn very uh, basic financial concepts, and you might even learn something yourself. So I highly recommend it. All right. Um, you know, they say that every bull market, bear market is different. Uh, and in 2022, there was a lot of comparisons by yours truly also uh, between that bear market that was starting in 2022 uh, and the bear market of 2002. Some people made comparisons to the 2007, 2009 bear market. We didn't think it was anything like that. That was a delevering kind of situation. Um, and there was the implication, of course, because those markets went sharply lower, that we had a lot more downside ahead. Uh, and that's certainly a possibility still, but it wasn't what happened, right? So, you know, we've seen over the last eight months uh, a path that this market has taken that was very different from the 2002 market sell-off or 2007, 2009. Uh, you know, we've seen a 28%, 30% rally from the last October low, and it's brought the S&P 500 uh, within 10% or less than 10% of its prior high. And a lot of people are calling this a new a bull market. I'm not quite there yet, but I would just say that, you know, this is a good, really good example of how unbelievably difficult it is to predict short-term movements of markets. Uh, we now have a big enough client base. Um, back in the good old days, we could sort of talk everybody off the ledge, but we now have a big enough client base and some of these people we don't know maybe as well as we'd like uh, that some of, we do have people that, you know, when we're in that middle of the storm, the bear market that we had last year uh, and, and, you know, we really culminated in October, uh, we had people that said, you know, I can't take it. It's going to get much, much worse. They were sure of it. They gave us all the reasons, all the political reasons, all the whatever reasons that it was going to get much, much worse. And they said, you know, move me to cash. And of course, um, these are people that generally moved cash within a few percentage, maybe 5% or less of the market bottom. And the market, like I said, is up almost 30% uh, since those October lows. And, and when you look at long-term stock performance, those returns that you get off a bottom are the most important returns you can get in when you're an investor. And, and, you know, you can't say I'll wait till things get better and then get back in the market because generally you're then going to be getting back in at some peak. You're getting back in at a place much higher than where you got, got out. And so, um, you know, it, it's just, this market so far in 2023, you know, we have a long way to go. We have half the year to go, essentially. So time will tell where we end up. But um, it it has confounded the smartest people on Wall Street. And so, you know, Josh, uh, I think, probably did a segment similar to this last week, but I thought it was really important to do it again because time in the market, not timing the markets, is really important. And when you look at the so-called smartest money and the smartest people on Wall Street, they're all terrible at predicting what the market is going to do. Um, and so Josh printed off, you know, the different big investment banks or investment firms, uh, what their predictions were uh, for 2023. And the market in most cases is 15, 20% higher than where their predictions were. But then you go back to the end of 2021 and you look at where their predictions were for 2022 to finish, right? We know that 2022, the market was, was down uh, almost 20%. You know, we essentially had a, almost a bear market. We didn't quite get there, but close enough. Um, who's counting, the, right? The really interesting thing about the Wall Street uh, price target forecasts is there's a lot bigger spread between the high and the low end 
uh, in years when returns end up being very good. And so the last, you know, the spread this year uh, is close to 35% between the high and the low. The last time we saw a spread this high was actually 2009, which uh, for those of you that will remember, ended up being a very, very good year in markets. But, you know, you look at the market for 2020, what happened in 2022, and most of these so-called experts were predicting the market to rip higher yet again, and markets sold off. And then they started this year thinking markets were going to end up lower, and so far we're higher. And so our point is this, is that a lot of you take what these people say as gospel and you want to make decisions based on that. First thing you should know is these doofuses aren't making decisions based on that with their own money. So why would you? I mean, I, we had call, we've calls with clients like I had a call last week and it's like they tell me what's going to happen in the market. And they say, well, where did you get that information? And they tell me these these firms. And it's like, do you know how absolutely bad these people are? at predicting the, the future as it relates to the market in the short term. So I will tell you where I think the market's going to be in 10 years, in 15 years. That doesn't take a lot of skill because I can just apply to some uh, you know, relatively low performance number and get pretty accurate. You know, I can be pretty accurate where, where that's going to be. But three years or less, I have no idea. And guess what? Nobody else does. And I promise you that that's true. Nobody else does. Everybody has an opinion about what's going to happen in the market in the next three years. But nobody knows. There's not a person on the planet, everybody, that knows what's going to happen in the short term in the market. And so and, and this and then we have evidence of how bad the so-called experts that are loaded with data and loaded with information and loaded with degrees we have data about how bad they are at predicting markets. In fact, they're so bad, I can't believe they keep doing it. Like, it, it, it's, it's embarrassing, right? Like, if I was getting paid all this money and I had all this and I was going to spend all this time to come up with some number where I think the S&P is going to finish the year and I was so bad at getting that right, I would stop doing it. Right. Like it's it's the definition of insanity. Well, the media has a short memory. And, I, you know, I, you go and look at who is paraded out at any particular given time on CNBC in particular. And yeah, the, nobody nobody ever shows their track record. Right. Like there's no there's no um, holding these people to account for for making stock picks that are terrible. And Scott Wapner is one of the few that ever holds people to account. But even he has a very short memory. Well, and so here's here's the other thing that's important to know is that generally sentiment, investor sentiment, whether it's professional investors or individual investors, because I'm looking at the American Association of Individual Investors Investor Sentiment Survey. So they inve they survey their, their uh, members all the time to see where they are bullish or bearish on the market. And generally, when you do the opposite thing of what investor sentiment is, you're generally going to make money. I mean, that, so doing the opposite is what actually makes money. Doing what the pros say and what the American Association of Individual Investors say to do uh, generally is, is the wrong thing. We're here to remind you, and as I reminded you last week, consensus never happens. It, it just never does. Well, it's usually wrong, and yeah. it's usually the opposite that's right. And so right now, the American Association of Individual Investors are a lot more bullish than they were at the beginning of the year. You would think they would be bullish at the beginning of the year when stocks were a lot cheaper than they are now. But stocks just got a lot more expensive. And guess what? People are getting bullish again. It doesn't make any sense. When you go to the store, you like to buy things on sale. Just doesn't happen when you buy stocks. All right. If you want to take us up on a free return view, call our office. Uh, if you have at least $500,000 of investable assets, 800-743-0988. When we come back, we'll tackle some of your email questions. Stick around. Sign up for our e-news today. Get the latest thoughts on the market every other week from Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management delivered right to your inbox. The short five to six minute video helps you keep up with the market. You can always watch past videos on YouTube or on NorthwestQuadrantWealth.com.
Behind every poem, beyond every song, inside every heart, and within every stitch are hidden stories. Join the Sisters Outdoor Quilt Show celebrating beauty of every hidden story at the 2023 Sisters Outdoor Quilt Show. Showcasing art from around the world, the Sisters Outdoor Quilt Show also builds community. If you're looking to build community and join the Sisters Outdoor Quilt Show, sign up to volunteer at SOQS. .org today. Michael Hernandez, a medical provider at One Peak Medical Group, talking about the impact of low testosterone. Men who are experiencing chronic fatigue, they're tired all the time. They're constantly needing to nap or overcaffeinated for certain things. If you are much more stressed out, if you're less motivated to do the things that you used to enjoy doing in your life, recent weight gain that you find it now harder to lose the weight than before, or just if you feel like you're going to the gym and you're not seeing any leaner muscle build, it's also a erectile dysfunction, decreased libido could be signs of low testosterone. We look at just the person's current lifestyle, what your diet looks like, are you exercising, are you physically active, what do you do for work. From there, we, we look at your other core morbidities. What else are you dealing with? Hypertension, diabetes, different things like that, which are the more common that can cause chronic overall inflammation in the body and decrease some hormone production. Michael Hernandez, book your appointment online at OnePeakMedical.com, covered by most insurance companies. Have you ever wondered about the difference between top brands like Tempur-Pedic, Stearns & Foster, and the number one ranked Sealy Hybrid Mattress? Would you like to compare the sleep benefits of those top brands to all-natural mattress options like Posh & Lavish or even organic latex and two-sided mattresses? The sleep experts at Cascade Mattress & Bedroom Furniture have decades of experience in helping people sleep well. Their experience will help guide you through the maze of mattress styles, comfort, and support now available in town or online. In about an hour, Cascade Mattress takes the time to help you narrow it down to the best options within your budget. Find locally owned and operated Cascade Mattress and Bedroom Furniture in the Ben Factory stores right next to Nike and Columbia. Everyday value warehouse prices, Cascade Mattress. Online at CascadeMattress.com or call 541-678-REST. Big time inventory, big time saving. The 4th of July sales event continues at every Kendall location in Bend and Prineville. With additional new vehicles in stock and more on the way, step up to something new and save big. You don't want to miss out on the massive Kendall discounts, plus special financing offers. Shop hundreds of new cars, trucks, and SUVs from Ford, Toyota, Volkswagen, and Mazda, plus luxury vehicles from Audi, BMW, Porsche, and Mercedes-Benz. Shop over 400 pre-owned vehicles. Get a great deal and the peace of mind of our Kendall Auto Protection Plan that's included with each qualified vehicle purchase. Save thousands during the Kendall 4th of July sales event. Extended the entire month of July at every Kendall dealership in Bend and Brineville. Don't wait. The best deals always go fast. Stop by today or get started at KendallAutoGroup.com. Kendall, let's start something great. Oh, Stan. Yes, dear. Our yard, it sucks. Oh, my me, I can't do this anymore. Stan, be a man. Don't fight it, basalite it. Basalite stone and concrete products make your outdoor dreams come true. With unique selections for retaining walls, patios, driveways, and more. B-A-S-A-L-I-T-E. Basalite, high-quality products and exceptional customer service in Redmond since 1980. It's at the right price, Stan. Don't fight it, basalite it. listening to Financial Focus Radio Show, where you get honest and actionable advice every week from the partners at Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management. Remember, you can always listen to past shows on iTunes or find us on northwestquadrantwealth.com. Welcome back. Thanks for joining us on Financial Focus Radio. We appreciate you spending some of your weekend with us. If you'd like to sign up for our e-newsletter, Josh and I do a, a short video where we talk about what's going on in the capital markets, especially as it relates to our clients' money and what we're doing with our clients' money. But if you want to get added to that list, you don't have to be a client. Uh, go to our website, northwestquadrantwealth.com. Send us an email. Just let us know you'd like to be added to our e-newsletter list, and you'll get that twice a month. So 
the shortage in the housing market continues. One of the challenges, obviously, that is facing the housing market nationally is the inventory problem. The number of homes for, for uh, in the U.S. for sale uh, fell to 1.3 million in the month of May. That's the lowest level on record uh, adjusted for you know inflationary numbers. And the reason for that is, is pretty, in my mind, pretty obvious. Uh, that 62% of U.S. mortgage holders have rates below 4%, and 92% of mortgage holders in the U.S. have rates below uh, 5.5%. So, with current rates, mortgage rates at 7%, it's it's very hard if you have a sub 3% mortgage to to get out of that and ha- and say I'm going to double my rate on my mortgage uh, and and buy a house that is going to also then cost me more. Your financial situation is going to have to have changed dramatically for the better for that to be true. So um, it is going to be a continued challenge from a supply standpoint. Now, builders are doing their best <laughs> to try to build new houses to, to deal with the demand situation. But um, the people that have those unbelievably low interest rates on the mortgage, they are really thinking hard about, do I really want to get out of this almost free money? Because when you think about a sub 3% mortgage, and then you factor in the tax benefits of that, of, you know, mortgage interest, you know, that's really, really cheap. It has these really lasting implications, but it's like this bifurcation between the people that were on the ladder beforehand and those that didn't happen to be on the ladder. And you're going to see these really divergent fortunes amongst those two crowds. Yeah. But I mean, that's been, you know, I guess most people haven't seen that be true, but you know, it's been true in history. It's just now it's really exaggerated. And there's going to be the funny thing is there's going to be a, a, probably a whole new generation that doesn't think of the housing market like my generation and your generation. Yeah, I, I agree. I tend to think that it will be sort of range bound for a decade. And then you start to see the boomers uh, downsizing and dying in mass in, yeah. a, in a decade forward. And then ultimately demographics will be the cure for the structural uh, shortage of housing. But if rates stay high and even go higher from here, we're not going to see the crazy price appreciation that we saw for such a long period of time in the housing market because the math just doesn't make sense. All right, let's tackle some email questions. Uh, This comes from Jared. Uh, Jared says, my wife and I are currently maxing out our Roth 401ks and it's all we can do financially, but we're curious if it might make more sense to put a portion toward our $500,000 mortgage with a 6.3% interest rate. Uh, it seems unlikely we will match that in the market and would give us a feeling of safety to have a paid for home. <laughs> so Jared, uh, you know, you obviously probably just got a mortgage recently if your mortgage rate is 6.3%. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, you're doing the math that says if I pay towards my principal on my mortgage, I'm I'm essentially guaranteeing myself a 6.3% return because that's what the rate is on your on your mortgage. Um here's the thing, Jared, I would tell you uh you know, to keep saving because you're going to keep paying on your mortgage, right? And you're going to keep saving. And eventually, over time, your mortgage will keep getting whittled down and you'll eventually pay the thing off. But then while you're saving, you also have this big other pile of money. So, Jared, if you are invested properly and you're a relatively young person, which it sounds like you are, and you invest, like, like I said, appropriately in a diversified basket of, of uh, indexes, index ETFs that are low cost and tax efficient, you're most likely going to do better than 6.3%. But more importantly, you'll have a big pile of money over on the side because you've invested over time. Let's say you get the exact same return, 6.3%, and you save diligently, and you keep paying off your house. You have then a paid-off house or close to a paid-off house and a big pile of money. So that big pile of money is always sort of the trump card that you can use to pay off your house or things get tough that you can use uh, to help pay your mortgage. But if you're just paying on your mortgage, guess what? It then that money is then trapped, you know. So you, it, it's one of those things. If you lose liquidity outside of your mortgage, it's great to have a paid-off house or to have a bunch of your house paid off. But once it's in there, it's trapped. It's not like you can use that money to do anything. You can't use the money in your house to buy a business. Now, of course, you can. You know, there are ways to access it, but they're very expensive. Mortgage people would 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 argue with me on that, but it's it's true. It's very expensive, and it's probably going to get more expensive to access equity in your house. And so we would just tell you that 
We're not big proponents of debt. We don't like people having a lot of debt. But mortgage, having a mortgage, we think is on a single family home that you live in and they're paying on and you can easily afford to is fine. Don't get really aggressive and paying that down there. You know, you get the tax benefit of having that interest when you when you're, you know, you go to file your taxes. So keep doing what you're doing. Don't and as long as you're investing that money outside of your house appropriately, you're going to beat that six point three percent, Jared. Agreed there, Finelli? Yeah, I mean, I think you, you covered all the bases. I just, it's just not something that is attractive anymore, especially with interest rates where they are. You're just going to have, you just create a liquidity problem for yourself and that unnatural fear of debt. You know, it's understandable, but at the same time, well, the math has just changed so much. This country... There, this country has doesn't have any fear of debt. That's part of the well, problem. Universally, the, universally, the people that do the right thing do, yeah. and so that you know, it's like, and they suffered. Those people are just starting in Washington but, D.C. But they've been, you know, they paid the price for the last fourteen years. Oh yeah, yeah, not being. I mean, being the people that were gorging on debt over the last fifteen years have suffered, made out like suffered bandits. at the expense of people that were. I mean, they no, no, prospered. The people, the people yeah. that gorging on debt prospered at the expense of people that. You know, did what universally has always been the right thing, and they weren't rewarded. But Jared, we have good news for you. We think people that do in the, in the next fifteen or twenty years that are doing what you're doing are going to be richly rewarded when things have finally normalized as it relates to interest rates and and risk taking in this country. Uh, but well, I guess time will tell because everybody <laughs> yes. thinks the market, the Fed's going to cut rates. Uh, so we got an email from Jim here in Ben. Jim says. My bank is offering CDs with a 5% interest rate. Shouldn't I pull all of my money out of the stock market and buy those CDs? You know, we would, we're not really huge CD advocates specifically for people that, you know, you think about the state tax-free nature of treasuries and they offer a slightly more competitive yield and you get the benefit well, explain, of not. Explain the, explain the treasury thing. You know, if you buy, if you buy a U.S. treasury, you, know, you can go on treasurydirect.gov or uh, go buy it in any one of your Schwab or whatever account. But the idea is that you don't pay that state income tax on the interest income. Uh, CDs, you owe ordinary income tax on the interest income. So the 5% yield isn't quite what it's advertised to be. Uh, you know, you're paying both state and federal tax. When you buy the treasury in Oregon, you know, most people's marginal tax rate is 9.9% in state tax. Uh, so you basically shave off a half a percent uh, there in, in, in tax liability. And uh, you know, the other thing is stocks offer, you know, in theory, like the equity risk premium, stock returns are actually better when interest rates are higher over the long run because you're getting compensated for taking extra risk. And so, uh, you know, that CD yield may look attractive in the near term, but uh, it's still half of the long run return of the S&P 500. And I I just can't I can't co-sign on that. one. Yeah, I mean, Josh, and, Josh and I are always going to be proponents of stocks just based on the data. Right. We know that stocks over time are going to do much better than fixed uh, fixed interest payment securities. I mean, it's it just it's always been true. And we believe it's going to be true in the future. The, the price you pay to get those better returns by owning stocks is volatility. Right. So we're OK with volatility. Not not everybody is, you know, Jim, the other thing I'd tell you is that, you know, you, you might have a hundred million dollars. <laughs> and so whether you have your money in CDs or, or in the S and P 500 doesn't make a difference in your life, right? It makes a difference to your beneficiaries. Uh, cause if you're in stocks, you'll get, your kids will get more. Uh, but if you're in CDs, you can deal with, you don't have any to deal with the volatility. So your circumstances might be such that you can buy CDs and it's not going to make a material impact on your life. And if that's you, John, Jim, and you don't care about getting better, better returns and you like to lock in that contractual 5%, go for it. Um, but, you know, the implication in, in your email was that it's like this binary either or decision. And that's the other thing is, you you know, you can take some money off the table and put in CDs. Uh, doesn't have to be all, all or nothing. All right. If you uh, would like to be part of the show, you have a question for us or a comment, give us a call 877-670-7117. You can always email us if you go to our website, northwestquadrantwealth.com. When we come back, we're going to talk about why we still are, we're still seeing a lot of portfolios that have their bonds are, are a disaster. So stick around. We'll be- Get your free one-hour retirement review. Meet with a Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management Investment Advisor today for free. It's our offer to you as a listener to the show. Give us a call today to schedule your portfolio review. 800 743 
800-743-0988. Again, 800-743-0988. Today I'll get a workout in at the fitness center. Tomorrow, maybe some rafting on the Deschutes River. Or I could go for a swim and spend the afternoon by the pool. It's pretty easy to fill your calendar when you live the life you love at Stonebriar. Walk the nature trails at Pilot Butte, or maybe give Tracy a call. We can go shopping in Bend on Saturday. Sunday, read a book on the deck. And after an active day outside, you come home to gorgeous resort-style one, two, or three-bedroom apartments with Cook's Kitchens, spacious bath, full-size washer and dryers, computer labs with free internet, covered parking, and... My fur babies. Pets allowed. Stonebriar is currently accepting applications. Their beautiful landscape grounds feature two clubhouses and are on Highway 20 near 27th and Bend. Google Stonebriar Apartments for details. Stonebriar, professionally managed by Norris and Stevens. Stonebriar Apartments. The best of resort living. Sun River Owners Association presents Turf Tunes, a free concert and variety show series every Sunday from 4 to 6 p.m. Now through July 23rd at Shark's John Gray Amphitheater in Sun River. Turf Tunes is fun for the whole family and supported by SROA, Sun River Brewing Company, Best Best, and Krieger Attorneys at Law. The Source Weekly, Sun River Chamber of Commerce, and this station. Visit sunrivershark.com for more info. Consider the stone. When one gets a stone in their shoe, it creates a world of hurt. Ouch. But when natural stone is used to create a wall or a patio, well, that's a world of beauty. Let our experts at Basilite take your ideas and help you make magic. Basilite is your one-stop shop for natural stone, pavers, retaining walls, and hardscape materials. Basilite, exceptional products and service. Locally owned in Redmond since 1980. And at the right price. Remember, don't fight it. Basilite it. Are you paying too much for term life insurance? There's a tremendous price war in the term life industry. Rates have dropped dramatically in the past few years. For example, a man aged 45 non-smoker can get a million dollars of coverage for $75 per month. Level rate for 10 years. Or a man aged 50 non-smoker can obtain $500,000 of coverage for a monthly premium of $110. Level rate for 20 years. That's right. Guaranteed level rate for 20 years. If you're a smoker, we have great rates available for you as well. At Term Busters, we specialize in policies of $500,000 and above. If you're looking for a new or replacement term life insurance, call today for a quote. 800-786-9161. You're probably paying more than you should. Call 1-800-786-9161. Remember, 1-800-786-9161. Sample rate quotes based on preferred non-smoker rate class. Exam required to qualify. Thank you for joining Financial Focus Radio Show. Honest, transparent analysis brought to you every week by Tyler Simonis and Josh Finelli. Call the show anytime at 877-670-7117. We'll try to answer your question on the air in the following weeks. Now, back to the team from Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management. Welcome back. If you would like to take one of our uh, one of us up on a free retirement review. One of us will give you an hour of our time to talk about anything in your financial life. So if you have at least $500,000 of investable assets, call the office here to get one of those meetings scheduled. The number is 800-743-0988. Or you can always email us by going to our website, northwestquadrantwealth.com. So historically, uh, bull markets don't start until the end of a rate hiking cycle. If you look at all the different hiking cycles by central banks around the world usually don't get the beginning of a bull market until the hiking is done. And I think that most people would agree uh, we're going to get another rate hike here in the month of July. And, you know, I would I would guess we're going to get some more based on the behavior of markets. But um, I guess we'll wait and see. And so what's funny is the unbelievable move we've seen from stocks and other risk assets 
uh, in anticipation of the Fed not only being done, but of cutting rates. So it, we live in a time where markets are, you know, markets have always been forward looking, right? That's the nature of a market. It's, it's forward looking. Uh, but they have never been more anticipatory, I don't think, in the history of markets than they are now. Um, because, you know, we never get a bull market starting but in, while the Fed continues to raise rates. But uh, this this comes from PGM, which is um, Prudential's investment arm. Um, and they looked at uh, what the average return for different asset classes was 12 months after rate cycle, rate hike, hikes are over. Um, and if you looked in the stock side of things, 12 months later, U.S. stocks usually up about 20%. Global stocks, 16%. Emerging markets up 14%. And this is the last four, hike, four hiking cycles. Uh, and if you look at the different market caps, uh, mid cap has historically been up about 23%. Large cap, 20 Small cap, uh, 19%. Um, and so, you know, different asset classes have historically done very, very well after the Fed, the last t four times the Fed was done. The difference this time, though, is that, Every one of those last four hiking cycles, the Fed then cut. I don't think we're going to get cuts here. Like I, there's there's this market participants believe that we're going to go back to low rates, and I just have a hard time believing that. Um, and then uh, real quick, Josh shared this with me when I was gone. I think this comes from CNBC, um, but it, it looked at um, where re remote workers are. Uh, during the, you know, where were remote people came, where they went to? Well, no, that's, a, it's a, also what percentage of applications are. Well, that's on this. Yeah. One. Okay. Yeah. So there's, there's two things there. There's, um, well, no, you're right there in both cases. This is right. So, um, this is the percentage of applications around the country from, from per people that want to work remotely and guess where the number one city in the country is, Bend, Oregon, seven, almost 74% of people applying for jobs in Bend want to work remotely. Number two is Asheville, North Carolina. Three is Wilmington, North Carolina. The big surprise on there was Medford. Yeah, well, five was Spokane. I mean, uh, Spokane, Coeur d'Alene, especially that's Coeur d'Alene. But um, yeah, Medford was an interesting one. But yeah, I mean, it's no it's no um, secret, you know, when you look at the housing market here in, in Bend, Oregon, um, that a lot of outside money has has changed the dynamic of affordability here in Bend. And if you look at the Mount Bachelor webcam on a Wednesday morning when there's snow, or you try to go, those out. people are remotely working, Josh. <laughs> or you send someone an email and they fire off three on a Monday morning, and you don't hear from them for four days. <laughs> you, you know where they're working. <laughs> Mount Bachelor parking lot, legit place to work, I guess. Okay, so let's talk about the bond market and their, their portfolios. So Josh and I do a lot of free retirement reviews, right? People come in and we look at portfolios all the time. And we're dumbfounded by when we look at inside of somebody's account and we see what's in there. We can't figure out what their financial advisors, because most of the, these people that are coming have a financial advisors. Occasionally, you know, the better portfolios we see generally are our portfolios that are do-it-yourselfers, so if somebody's doing it themselves, generally they have a better allocation than the portfolios we see that are being done by a financial advisor, which is hilarious and ironic, but it is what it is. Um, and we get these portfolios where we look and we see intermediate, long-term, we see long-term government bond funds and exchange-traded funds in portfolios, uh, and, we, and we, for the life of us, can't figure that out. And so here's the deal. A lot of you have suffered through the, the pain in the bond market. Um, in fact, uh, you know, this is the drawdown we're seeing right now in the, in the bond market is the longest drawdown we've seen in the bond market going back a really long time, going back into the seventies. Um, and so a lot of you have the securities and this is the area bond index. A lot of you have these intermediate and long-term bonds in your portfolio uh, and you're experiencing this pain and we don't think it's going to end. Like th th I guess there's, there's a lot of financial advisors that are taking duration and credit risk. Credit is the one that where people have continued to reach for yield. And we've got to admit, like we've been really actually pretty surprised at just how well credit has held in there and meaning low quality credit. So you're getting that extra juice, but that's just a stock proxy. I mean, it's not even, you know, it's, it's a stock proxy. And so, you know, you're, you're the risk you're taking there is the equivalent of just buying stocks. You might as well buy stocks. Yeah. A hundred percent. But it's, it's, you know, it, it's really surprising just on a price performance level, how well it's actually done uh, when, you know, at any other time you would have expected to see pretty significant weakness uh, in that stuff. And we see it and, Looking, it doesn't appear that you get 
adequate compensation above what you could get from a, a government bond with a really short maturity where your downside risk, the ace, there's just this huge asymmetry there that doesn't make sense for us. It, on the margin, you should replace that allocation with stock if that's what you want, you own it for, which is to get juice. So I'll just break it down real quick for you guys that, that are like, what are they talking about? What are the, why do I have the wrong bonds in my portfolio? The, the thing that you need to know is there's, there's an inverse relationship between the bond prices and interest rates. So as interest rates go up, bond prices go down because those bonds have to reflect the new interest rate environment. And so most of you own bonds in a bond fund or some uh, pooled, uh, se pooled security like an ETF or a mutual fund. And the mutual fund and the ETF have to reflect the prices of those bonds declining. Now, if you own an individual bond and you hold it to maturity, it's going to change in price, but it's going to mature at par. But in the bond fund, there is no maturity. There is no maturity in an ETF or a bond fund. And so a lot of you you know, you're seeing the price decline of your of your so-called safe money, and it's like, why? This doesn't make sense. This is supposed to be the safe part of my portfolio. Why does it keep going down? Stocks are going up. This thing keeps going down. It went down last year. In fact, it had the worst year it's ever had last year. Why do I still own this thing? And the answer is you absolutely shouldn't. Josh just talked about the asymmetric risk. You're not getting compensated for taking that duration. And so I don't know what the heck your financial advisor is doing other than that they just don't know what they're doing and they're outsourcing the money management part of your portfolio. There is no reason you should ever be in that relationship. You're wasting money and your advisor is just a salesperson. They're there to keep get you in the door. And so if your advisor has you in intermediate and long-term bonds, you need to say, why do I own these things? The asymmetric risk doesn't make sense. I can just own U.S. short-term treasuries and get similar yield with a we have no credit risk and a fraction of the interest rate risk. That's where I should be. That's where my bond portfolio should be. Why am I not in there? And the good chances they're not going to have a good answer well, for you. Because they're doofus. We see a lot of people that own it in the, some version of a mutual fund or an ETF, and they own some corporate bond mutual fund or corporate bond ETF, and they're like annualized on three year. They're down five percent a year over the last three years, and so. I mean, I've seen a portfolio with long dated U.S. Treasuries. Like, what? What are you doing in those securities right now? That makes no sense. Uh, unless I guess you think rates are going down, but. Good luck with that. All right. Uh, if you uh, would like to be part of the program, you have a question for us or a comment, be sure to call us 877-670-7117. Or you can always email us by going to our website, northwestquadrantwealth.com. When we come back, we're going to talk about where you should be saving. A lot of you are focused uh, on saving too much money in the wrong places. So we're going to talk about that. Stick around. Sign up for our e-news today. Get the latest thoughts on the market every other week from Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management delivered right to your inbox. The short five to six minute video helps you keep up with the market. You can always watch past videos on northwestquadrantwealth.com.